I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 458 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an excellent guest for you guys today. Will Kane is the co-host of Fox & Friends Weekend on Fox News. He was the host of the Will Kane Show on ESPN Radio. He has made appearances on ESPN's First Take, and he was a contributor for The Blaze and CNN. Will Kane brought a rare conservative voice to ESPN, and he recently made the switch from the sports world to Fox & Friends back in August of 2020. Will Kane is a Texas guy, a family man, and, of course, a first-class father. It's so cool to have him on the podcast with me today. Will Kane will be here in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Will Kane was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the Fox and Friends co-host and myself, please get over to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Hit me with a subscribe. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, if you guys enjoyed today's interview with Will Kane, you've got to go back and check out my interview with Fox and Friends co-host Pete Hegseth. Now, I did also have the honor of being interviewed by Pete Hegseth on Fox and Friends, which was so cool. What an awesome experience that was for me. Also from Fox News, I had the honor of interviewing Sean Hannity. He joined me here on the podcast as well. Sean told some great stories. We had a lot of fun. So if you missed out on those episodes, please be sure to go back and check them out. And get over there and follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace because I got some awesome upcoming guest announcements. I'll be dropping over there soon. If you're enjoying the podcast, please hit me with that rating or that review. It always goes a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show to see us celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Fox and Friends co-host Will Kane. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, where are you buying the meat that nourishes you and your family? I used to get mine at the supermarket, but now, thanks to Belcampo, it comes straight to my door, and it's far better and healthier than what I was used to. And thanks to my new partnership with Belcampo, First Class Fatherhood listeners can now benefit as well. Grass-fed and pasture-raised meats like Belcampo have five amazing benefits for your health compared to conventional meats. Healthy fats, omega-3s, antioxidants, minerals, and yes, more omegas. Belcampo animals grow more slowly as nature intended. This is a difference you can both see and taste. And I'm telling you right now, guys, once you try it, you'll make the switch just like I did. Hey, it's your family, dads. Give them the nutritious meats that they deserve. And if you order right now, you can save 20% off your first order. Go to belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood. That's B-E-L-C-A-M-P-O dot com forward slash fatherhood. And use the promo code fatherhood to save 20% off your first order. All right, guys, and the way Belcampo raises its animals isn't only better for your health, it has a positive impact on the environment as well. Go visit belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood, use that promo code fatherhood, and save 20% off your first order. A gift for first-time customers from First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Will Kane. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks. Glad to be here. All right, let's kick it off like this. How many kids do you have? How old are they? I have two. I have two boys. One is 13 and one is nine, Charlie and West. Wow, very cool. Yeah, what kind of sports or activities are they into? Primarily soccer. Now, Alec, I'll tell you, I'm from Texas. Football is religion, not just a sport. And I spent some time mocking soccer throughout my life. I've said the words, any game that can end in a 0-0 tie 
what was the point in starting that game? But I have grown to absolutely love soccer because of my boys. And now I watch English Premier League on Saturday and Sunday mornings. It's one of my favorite sports, without a doubt. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I never grew up watching soccer, playing soccer, or anything like that. And then my kids all played it at a young age. Thank, thank God they kind of grew out of it. None of them are into it right now. So I, I'm, uh, I'm back to being distant from it once again. So I'm back <laughs> in a familiar place here. Uh, Will, if you could, please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. All right. Again, my name is Will Kane. I um, am a co-host of Fox and Friends Weekend on the Fox News Channel. I spent five years before joining Fox just seven months ago at ESPN. I hosted the Will Kane Show on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And I often appeared on shows like First Take or Outside the Lines on ESPN. I've been an entrepreneur, started several media companies on air pontificating on the news yeah very cool awesome career so far here well and and along this journey about how old were you when you became a father and how did becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life i had my first son when i was 32 so you know i waited a little bit i believe i was 26 27 when i got married maybe 28 the fact that i can't nail that down really is just between you and me um (laughs) You know, I waited a few years. My wife and I spent some time together, but fatherhood is absolutely, without a doubt, been the most important thing I've done in my life and will be the most important thing I do in my life. You know, what we do, uh, both of us, which is project our voices to others who honor us with the time of listening to us, what we do is influence, persuade, perhaps share. And maybe along the way, we have a chance to change a few lives. But the truth is, the biggest impact we have, and I'm sorry if it's cliched, is on those that we raise. And so those two boys are the biggest influence I'll have, the biggest impression, I imagine, that I'll leave on this earth. And so they're everything to me, and and the men that they become is everything to me. Yeah, very well said, Will. And that's one of the things I I talk about, the fatherless crisis that we have going on in our country. I talk about it all the time on this podcast. We have too many kids growing up without a dad in their life, and it's having a devastating result on our society and that's why i try to bring on a lot of guys that have had a lot of success and they say the same thing as you fatherhood has given them the greatest sense of fulfillment in life so uh, i hope the young guys get something out of this if anything it's fatherhood is something to embrace embrace not something to avoid so um what would you say will are the top values that you're hoping to instill in your kids growing up all right alec i hope you don't mind but i have a little bit of conversational ocd i'm a big fan of lists maybe that's because i spent five years talking sports but i'll tell you i thought about this before we got on the horn here together and i'll say there's four values that are the most important to me when it comes to raising my two sons and you know i've got a little something on each of these but i'll tell you what all of them are right now i want to see my boys be strong confident resilient and risk tolerant Those are the four values I hope to instill in them. And if you don't mind, first of all, I'm going to tell you about confidence. It's the most enabling drug that you can give a single human being, the belief in themselves. We have a modern-day self-help mentality, and everything is in this touchy-feely, believe-in-yourself mentality. But most of it, I think, is an inch deep. It's not very deep. And to understand how to be confident, you got to know who you are. My dad pumped me full of sunshine my entire life, Alec. I tell you, I grew up in a small town in Texas, and I thought I could do anything. It didn't matter if it was, you know, in an ivory tower in New York City or in Hollywood and Los Angeles. It never felt too removed because my dad was always, man, honestly, 
in a false way, you're the smartest in class, you're the best. And I love it. It did give me a lot of confidence. But underneath that, I had to build my own confidence in who I am and what I know about myself to make that more than an inch deep. If you can know who you are and that confidence is real, it's earned and it's grounded, it's the most enabling thing you can have in this life. Yeah, very well said. Well, yeah, I know Jim Rohn once said affirmations without discipline is the beginning of delusion. And I know a lot of us have these, uh, you know, we say all these affirmations, but if there's no discipline to them, they're really just uh, leading us down a path of just imagination here. Really, that doesn't have any fruitfulness to it. So I I love what you had to say there. And then what what about as far as uh, as discipline goes here? Will, what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? No, I imagine that's fairly similar. I'm a strict disciplinarian. I have my rules. My job is to be a father, not a buddy. That being said, I love my sons and I want to hang out with them. And I think they want to hang out with me. We do things together. Different than how I was raised, to be honest. And I loved my dad. My dad was an amazing guy, uh, but he didn't love getting out in the yard and throwing the ball or doing whatever. I'm in it every way. I'm, I'm taking him to the skateboard park. I'm the one, even though I know nothing about soccer, watching videos, learning everything there is. I'm all the way, I'm all the way in. But on the other side of that, you know, I have very clear definitions of the rules in our house and the way you should behave. Most of them are pretty deep. They're not shallow. It's not, did you get in the cookie jar? It's more like, did you lie? And if you broke one of those, if you break one of those, um, you will be disciplined. And I'll tell you, I think it's supposedly out of fashion and maybe even politically incorrect and maybe even enough to get you canceled. But I have definitely implemented corporal punishment. My kids have gotten spanked throughout their life. They haven't in a long time. Interesting that. But um, they understood the punishment. I raised them in New York City for much of their life, Alec. And that was reserved for the very, very serious transgressions. So, for example, you run out in the street. Well, when you get home, you've been told about that. When you get home... We're going to have to have that talk. And that talk usually meant something more. But that being said, I have not had to do it much at all. Yeah, I'm right there with you, too. Like, I feel like, you know, that gets a a bad look these days. But I think when kids are are not old enough yet to explain themselves, you can't communicate with them. I I think, you know, a a spank on the uh, the bottom is a lot more effective than never in anger. Right. That's right. I've never done it in anger because then it's about you and not the lesson you're imparting to them. Right. And I feel like it gets a, a lot more across than this uh, philosophical lecture that we try to drop on them when they don't even really understand what we're talking about. So and, right. and, and that being said, I got four kids and all four of them require a different little style of discipline. I have one you right. can smack them all day long and they ain't going to do nothing to them. The other one, you can, one of them, you can threaten to spank them and and they'll straighten right up. So right. it's definitely finding right. that key to their heart with each one right. of them. So, um, you know. Before you ask my next question, that's on that note. I want to share those four values with you um, beyond confidence. So this is a note where I want to give you um, a second one, and and that is strength. I, I, I am a firm believer that I'm raising men, not boys, and so they have to be strong. The world right now, my wife used to say everyone has the filter through which they view the world, and she thought my filter was I look at people as either insecure or confident. As I get older, I start to see people as weak or strong, and I think it's because the world asks so much of people, comply share everyone's group think so many different elements of society really imposing upon you what they think you have to be based upon fear this back to that discipline thing the fear that you'll be canceled you'll be fired that there will be a mob of people coming after you online and telling you you're terrible and i see a crisis of strength in corporate leadership in political leadership 
in, in every type of leadership. And I want, if I can, te to teach my boys somehow to be strong, that it does not matter what people say about you. It's what you know about you. It doesn't matter what other people, how they want to define you. It's how you define you. And um, that's one of those four values, confidence along with strength that I hope to instill in them. Yeah, very well said, Will. And yeah, I know that the cancel culture is a big problem right now that we're seeing all over the place. And also with that, I think this every kid gets a trophy type of philosophy uh, has, has done a, a number on our kids as well. And then we have these terms like, I don't know, it wasn't a thing when I was a kid, but I, I was trying to avoid using it. Like we say, play dates. Our kids are going to have a play date with somebody else. And that usually drives me up a wall when I hear things like that. So it's like right. we've definitely um, we've definitely softened these uh, guys too much. And I, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out down the line. And on that, on that, everyone gets a trophy note. That's another one of the values that I want to instill in them is uh, resilience. Number three, resilience. Um, look, life isn't going to give you participation trophies through every walk of life, every moment in your, in your existence. You're going to fall on your face. You're going to fail. I think you shouldn't worry about it. Get ready for it. So it's not a matter of whether or not you fall down. It's whether or not you get up. Just be resilient. Take the punch. Keep coming. Be resilient. Yeah, well said. Yeah, and I think other than participation trophies, I think they need participation fathers, really. And like you said, being out there, throwing the ball with them and taking part, I think that does a lot more for them than anything else. So uh, what about as far as you being on TV? Well, are the kids enamored by that? Has that worn off on them? Do they get a kick out of seeing it? What, what is their response? Are any of them interested in following in your footsteps with it? All right, dads, if we learned anything this last year, it's that building health and immunity is more important than ever, and that all begins with what you put on your plate. Bell Campo is on a mission to revolutionize the meat industry for the well-being of people, the planet, and animals by farming meat the right way with certified humane, regenerative, and climate-positive practices, which means it's better for you, the planet, and the animals. That's a trifecta that I'm proud to be a part of, and right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can have Belcampo sustainably raised meats delivered right to your door using my promo code FATHERHOOD at belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood and get 20% off your first order. Go visit belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood, use the promo code FATHERHOOD at the checkout, and save 20% off your first order at Belcampo. All right, dads, my pillow has got so much more to offer than just the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. But don't just take my word for it. Here's my wife to tell you her favorite product from my pillow. Honey, what is it? Well, I love all the my pillow products, from the robe to the towels. But my absolute favorite, hands down product, is the my pillow mattress topper on our king size bed. I have the best sleep since owning that topper. It's like sleeping at a spa resort, and I can't wait to sleep on it tonight. And I look forward to seeing you there tonight. And let me tell you something right now, guys. Happy wife, happy life. And this mattress topper has been a game changer for me. That's a guarantee. And speaking of guarantees, all my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. So what are you waiting for? First Class Fatherhood listeners can now save up to 66% off. That's right, up to 66% off your order using my promo code FATHERHOOD. Visit MyPillow.com and use the promo code FATHERHOOD to save up to 66% off or use the 800 number. That's 1-800-875-0219, 1-800-875-0219, and your savings will be applied instantly. Visit MyPillow.com, use the promo code FATHERHOOD, and save up to 66% off your order at MyPillow. Uh, what about as far as you being on TV? Well, are the kids enamored by that? Has that worn off on them? Do they get a kick out of seeing it? What, what is their response? Are any of them interested in following in your footsteps with it? I hope not. You know, I think that um, 
I think that the being enamored phase has has worn off. It might have worn off the minute I walked away from sports and went to news. And I haven't walked away from sports. I'm going to go back to it. But I did have one son in particular say, really, you're going to leave sports? Um, it's, it's, it's not as um, attractive to them as it might have once been in their life. And that's good because, you know, from a distance, what people see about what I do might just be that there's some level of recognition on the street. What I'm worried about as time goes by here is they're going to see all the hatred or whatever that might encompass coming online. And I don't want that to define me to them any more than the, the maybe fan on the street would. It's all fake. It's all not real. All that is real. It's what you know about yourself. No, I don't know what they want to do yet in life. One's talking about being an architect. One might be a writer. I don't know, but I want them to find their own way. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. And then, you know what, a little bit off topic here. I, I recently had Matthew McConaughey on the podcast. I know you're a Texas guy. He's hinting at running for governor. What are your thoughts on that, Matthew McConaughey? Good idea to run for governor, bad idea? Well, first, I love McConaughey. <laughs> um, I'm a Longhorn. He's a Longhorn. He's our minister of culture. I loved his transformation as a as a professional and seemingly as a person, as a professional, man. He was just a rom-com blockbuster actor who's shown to be a real, true, authentic actor. And I love that. I mean, he's amazing. True detective. Just all of his recent performances, Dallas Buyers Club, whatever it might be. This dude can act. What more? He's authentic as a human being. The more he's revealed about himself on podcasts like yours or in Greenlights, his new book, he's really thinking deeply about things. And I, and I respect that about him. He doesn't seem to be one who is willing to just go along to get along, to parrot the same group think everybody else in Hollywood has. Now, that doesn't mean he might agree with me on everything. Would I vote for him for governor? I don't know. I mean, being famous isn't enough. And I've been subjected to a few of his ideas, and I'm intrigued. He's authentic, and I like it. Is he a leader of a state? He would have to show me more. Yeah, well said. And I know that the whole political atmosphere, it's just so toxic right now. And I just pray that something can be done to kind of heal both sides and at least uh, open some ears and have some more communication. I know I get hammered on the show when I bring somebody on, uh, you know, especially from the rights, like when I've had Eric Trump on the show or I had uh, even Sean Hannity and guys like that. And come on, I get hammered on social media for it. It always comes from the from the one side. And it's like you, you can't make all the people happy. But I, I just no. wish this social media stuff would, would start to tone down. That's my next thing is how do you kind of handle the technology with the kids? I know with the pandemic, we, we had a pretty good grasp on it before it hit. And then yeah. it became like a free for all. How have you been able to manage like the technology, video games, and all that stuff with your kids? So I'm big on living up to my word. But you just asked me a question that I hadn't thought about in away, I failed to live up to my word. So I told my oldest son he could get a cell phone, I believe when he was 12 or 13. He's 13. He does not have a cell phone. So I don't like technology. I certainly don't like social media. My sons don't have phones. They have iPads. They play some of the worst airplane style, not connected to the internet games that you could imagine. They do like Minecraft. And somehow I've convinced myself that's not just a complete waste of time. They get to play FIFA on their PS4, PS5, but they're not that connected. Um, and I'm going to push that phone thing off as long as I can, because I do think, especially while your brain is being formed as a young person, I think it's more harm than good right now. So at some point, my oldest son will have to have one, but I don't know what that is. 14, 15, 16, definitely 16 if he's driving a car, but I don't know what it is. It's not now. I don't want him to have it yet. 
Yeah, it's definitely a difficult thing for all of us to navigate. I'm doing it with myself with the kids. And it's like I said, we had a pretty good handle on it before the pandemic. And then they were all forced to come home in the online schooling thing. I only have right. one that I have one that goes to public. The other three go to Catholic. So it's been uh, with the one. It's like if you don't watch him like a hawk, he's on that YouTube screen real quick. And he knows just how to navigate that screen, you know, so right. you don't know what he's doing. Exactly. They know better than us. Um, and by the way, that's true as well. I've seen them fall into the YouTube rabbit hole. Hey, I have to finish my conversational OCD. I told you I had four values. Can I give you my fourth? And I'm going to tell you a story. So the other day I was in Dallas. Um, we're in the process of trying to move to Texas where we're from. And my son's been playing soccer at a pretty, both of them at a pretty high level club. And he came off practice and I was watching it and I thought, oh, he had a pretty decent practice and he had tears welling in his eyes. And, um, I said, what's wrong, man? And he couldn't get it together. And he was kind of shaking his head off, trying not to let the tears come. I was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? He said, I made so many mistakes. I made so many mistakes. And I was like, no, you didn't. He goes, yes, I did. They just compounded upon each other, one after the other. And he, you know, thought his teammates noticed, his coach noticed. And he was playing, and I've noticed this over time, to avoid mistakes. His entire purpose for being on the field was to not let anything bad happen under his watch. He's a defender, so to some extent that goes with the with the territory, but he was, his entire focus was, I want to avoid mistakes. And therefore he wasn't playing free and he wasn't creating. And I know I played a role in that, Alec. It was a parenting lesson for me for years. I'll give positive encouragement, but I've also believed in constructive criticism. So I'll tell you, I've walked off every practice or game going, that was really good, X, Y, Z. You could have done, you know, ABC and it might've been even better. And I think when I did that, I'm always highlighting the mistakes. And I've read the studies. I don't know if you've seen this man, but Kids' least favorite part of sports is the ride home with dad. And um, I knew that intellectually, but I hadn't seen it play out in my son's eyes like that. And I was like, I got to change this. He's got to quit focusing on mistakes. He's got to play free. He's got to focus on doing something great. So I just made a rule. I'm, I don't care how many mistakes you make. And this was a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago. And I told him, don't ever mention a mistake. I don't want to hear mistakes. I don't care if you make 10. All I want to hear is what you did that was great. One great thing will balance out five mistakes. And so we focused on that. And man, I got to tell you, the shoulders are spread, the confidence, walking taller and playing better and magically fewer mistakes. I've always said I want to have risk tolerant kids, but I was playing a role in making him risk averse by constantly saying, let's bolster our weaknesses. Let's make the mistakes go away when I shouldn't have been doing that. I should have been giving him that confidence I started with. Yeah, I know that's one of the things I've coached a lot of my kids in the sports, too, and it's always trying to compliment while making the correction. I know that's one of the things that they say to try to teach. And I right. just think like with stuff around the house, especially when it comes to important decisions or not doing homework or things like they've hit their sister or their brother. It's like, yeah, I think they need to know. You know, I sometimes I try to use love and hate in the same sentence. Like, hey, I love you, but I hate these decisions you're making. I love right. you, but these choices aren't so great. You know, so it's trying to to use both in the same section. And, and, and it's definitely um, a skill set to it. And I'm still developing it myself as a parent here as I move forward. So, and that's the thing, you know, this is, I'm, I'm no perfect parent. This is a constant, obviously, this is a constant process in, in, in trying to perfect this side of the equation as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well, what, what's that? How have you, how have you enjoyed this transition from the sports world to Fox and friends and what's coming up next for you? What kind of goals and plans you have for the future? Well, I've got a lot. I've enjoyed the transition. Um, I like being at Fox. I believe very deeply that there's some important issues we have to sort out in American culture, society, and politics right now that tie into a lot of the things that we're talking about, how to be a man in this world, what it means to be a man, take on responsibility, accountability, stand by your word, have principles. 
And that plays out, man. That's not just in parenting. That's in policy. That's in leadership. That's in how we interact with each other. And I, um, I believe very deeply that these conversations have to be had on every level. And Fox has opened it up for me to have those conversations beyond just in sports. That being said, I'm not going to leave behind sports. I love it. So, you know, I've got a podcast, some audio content, not unlike what you're doing with video components coming out in addition to what I do at Fox News. Um, and so I intend to continue to grow my presence um, both on the Fox News channel and with Fox News in other areas as well. Awesome. Yeah, I look forward to watching you grow along the way here. And the last thing I'm going to hit you with, Will, I'd love to ask all the dads that are get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? That it's the most important job, not just a serious job, the most important job you will have in your life. I don't care if you're in high finance. I don't care if you're the president of the United States. You will not take on a more important job than the one you are about to or just took on in becoming a father. But it's also so much fun, so fulfilling, so rewarding. And just if you lean in, I think so much fun. I can tell you, I don't want to go. I mean, I still do love watching college football with my buddies on Saturday afternoons. But if I get an invitation to go to the soccer field or go to the skateboard park or go hunting with my sons, nothing. No, no football game, no Dallas Cowboys, no Texas Longhorns, even long lifelong buddies are a better hang than with my sons. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. It's been an honor for me. I got to say, Will Kane, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Thanks for having me on. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Will Kane for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. And if you enjoyed today's interview with Will Kane, go back there through the archives. Take a listen to my interviews with Pete Hegseth, Sean Hannity, Lou Dobbs, and so many others. They're all available for you guys to listen to at your convenience in the archives of the podcast. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.